Welcome to the Laser Therapy Institute weekly podcast, the world's first podcast about medical laser therapy for healthcare providers. Each week, we discuss the latest research, interviews with experts, and how laser therapy can enhance your practice. Now, here is the founder of LTI and your host, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Well, hello and welcome to today's episode of the Laser Therapy Institute podcast. My name is Dr. Jason Roundtree. I'm a chiropractor and certified medical laser safety officer. And I'm joined today by Christy, who is a certified laser tech. And she is also the developer of our online training materials for doctors at Laser Therapy Institute. So we are here today to talk about laser, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do it based off of research and publications. This is what we like to do. We like to try and bring... Uh, one of the thousands of papers on laser therapy to, to the forefront and make it mm-hmm. easily understandable, right? useful for right. providers, for healthcare providers. Yeah. Well, they're busy and you're busy too, but you do a good job of bringing the research to the front so that it can help everyone. Well, it is hard to keep up with the research mm-hmm. for sure. And especially... Um, if you're if you're not just into lasers as much as I am, <laughs> it's a lot less interesting probably. So hopefully we're doing the hard work for you. Yeah. We're breaking some of this down, making it easily digestible. You can listen to it on the way to work or whatever you want to do there right. on your lunch break. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if you're weird like me, I guess. Uh, in the gym, there's lots of good ways to, to catch up on some of the research on laser. And, and hopefully this makes it a little bit easier to understand some of the principles behind laser. Mm-hmm. Um, today we're talking specifically about technique how to actually use a laser therapy device Um, there's actually not a lot of information in the research about how to perform the treatment yeah it's not just a matter of turning it on and you know putting it on the skin or, or whatever there's technique and there's specific ways to make it more effective absolutely absolutely there isn't that's exactly what this paper today is about so we'll we'll go into that one because yeah you can you you literally can just turn the laser on and point it at whatever hurts and that's what a lot of people do and there there's some level of success there it does work thankfully um true but like you said there's a lot more effective methods to use with laser um and so we're going to talk today about a paper from 2005 uh dr toshio oshiro who's an md phd in japan he put this out back in 2005. It's titled The Proximal Priority Technique, How to Maximize the Efficiency, I'm sorry, the Efficacy of Laser Therapy. Hmm. Um, so this isn't so much on like, a, it's not a double-blinded study or anything like that, right. um, but it's this particular doctor's personal experience in treating thousands of patients over a many, many year period uh, with at that time, what we, the best we could find was, you know, class three lasers. Right, and it just is more effective even now with class four. And so, yep. taking yep. his information, it's gonna. I'm interested to see what what he had to say. Yeah, no, it is pretty pretty amazing stuff um, that he was able to to lay out here, and it really does, I think, answer well the question of, you know, does it matter how you use your laser? Does it matter mm-hmm. what you do, where you put that handpiece? Um, do the settings matter? All that is addressed fairly well in this article this is an open access article which means you can read the entire thing and it's not even very long it's only a few pages i highly encourage you if you've got a minute pick up a copy go online grab your grab a free copy of it and and give it a a quick read there's some really great info i don't agree on a hundred percent 
of what he says here. Uh, we know more mm-hmm. now, you know, as opposed, you know, twenty almost twenty years have gone by. We know more now, so there's a couple things that I believe are a little bit off, but a lot of this stuff is still very applicable mm-hmm. to the laser therapist today. Well, we'll provide a link as well, so easy Absolutely. access. Absolutely, yeah. yep, yep, for sure. <coughs> so let me give you just just a few quotes from this study to kind of get us started. Um, you know, he says that the use of laser therapy has dramatically increased over the past decade and a half. So he's talking since 1990 in this case. And in particular, its efficacy in pain attenuation is now well recognized. Well, not so much probably in 2005, but certainly in 2023, it's much more publicized. You've got uh, home use devices being advertised Mm -hmm. all over the internet, you know, and things Mm -hmm. like that that are all based off of the principles of laser therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe not in 2005, it wasn't well recognized. That's an optimistic statement, I think. But certainly now it is much more well recognized. Right. He goes on to say many intractable chronic pain types respond well to laser therapy, including frozen shoulder, lateral and medial epicondylitis, arthroses and posterpedic neuralgia efficacy rates range however from around 60 percent to 90 percent depending on the researcher the protocol the criteria used but an average of around 80 percent improvement in approximately 84 percent of patients seems to be the agreed norm let's just pause there for a second That is a huge amount of success yes. for something that is non-drug and non-invasive and completely comfortable. Right. An 80% and reduction in pain for 84% of patients. And we're talking almost 20 years ago. Right. Yeah, it's just stellar. Wow. And that's that's just, you know, basically turning it on, pointing it at what hurts. Yeah. You know, that's that's the yeah. baseline that you mm. work from. Um I would, I would say that I, I do see numbers about like that in practice with people who have good quality laser devices and who have at least a little bit of an idea on, um, on, on what they're doing with it. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're looking into laser therapy as a possible uh, add-on modality for your clinic, for your patients, these are good numbers. These are really good numbers to have pretty rapid, very safe, very effective pain relief for a wide variety of symptoms. Right. I mean, you might have a protocol and with your manual therapy or chiropractic or your your exercise therapy strategies for frozen shoulder. But um, what are you going to do for posterpedic neuralgia? You're not going to adjust it. <laughs> no. You're not going to exercise it. No. I mean, you know, so what are you going to do? You've got to have some, something else in your toolbox if you're going to help these patients in a non-invasive, non-drug way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and certainly being less invasive and being less drug-focused is fantastic when it works. With no side effects. With no side effects. You know, yeah. that, that's a key there, too. For sure. So. He goes on to say that pain is really only one of the facets treated with laser therapy. Others include essential hypertension, hyperpigmentation and hypopigmentation, wound healing, bone repair, nerve repair, scar revision in suitable keloids, hypertrophic and depressed scars, and control of involuntary tonic spasms. Not just pain. That's amazing. I know. Yeah, and this was back in 2005, right? So this is not a new idea. No, and we've actually seen very good success, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. With all of those. Yeah, we have. You know, and in many cases, it's almost a byproduct 
of something else we're working on. Mm -hmm. You know, working on somebody's neck pain and we watch your blood pressure drop from chronically elevated to completely normal. Yeah. So there's there's definitely good effects mm -hmm. beyond what we would expect. Right. You know, from simple, you know, pain relief. So right. So this present paper, he says presents my own technique based on over 25 years experience in treating over 48,000 patients with laser therapy for the entire range of applications listed. I call it the proximal priority technique or PPT and the treatment techniques are based on the anatomical considerations of the neural blood and lymphatic vascular systems working from proximal which would be the brain and its blood supply mm -hmm. to distal the, the area of interest mm -hmm. right. So um, he's talking about really trying to stimulate the central nervous system, the vascular system, uh, at, and the, in the core of the body mm -hmm. before you go down to treat that sprained finger or that epicondylitis, the tennis elbow, or the knee pain from arthritis. You know? And what would be the reason for that? Mm. Why would you start, you know, neurologically basically, and mm -hmm. when my pain is down in my in my wrist or my thumb that's that's a very good question that is what basically every patient says before mm -hmm. we go and do something like this <laughs> well my spine isn't my issue i'm not this worried is about where that it hurts. yeah it hurts down here <laughs> why, are, why are you going to work on my spine well mm -hmm. in truth there is much more you can do with the laser than simply reducing pain signals that's definitely something you can do especially mm -hmm. in the really high dose lasers um you know you can do this with a class three laser even if you're right on the nerve but with class four laser it's extremely easy to basically overwhelm that nerve and provide a pain blockade now that's only kind of a temporary effect mm -hmm. but the effects of light therapy go much much deeper than that and in terms of opening up more blood supply and mm -hmm. stimulating nervous system functions this is exactly what he's talking about doing he's talking about stimulating the blood flow and the nervous system prior to working on anything pain related because if you have a stimulated nervous system and increased vasculature you're going to have more and deeper neurological changes while you're trying to address that pain condition which means you will be faster with your results mm -hmm. and it will last more completely so in a sense it kickstarts your whole system exactly to stimulate repair exactly and then it then you can focus in on the area that needs it right so with chronic pain there are neurological changes that we can see in the lab where if something is in pain for a long time the brain starts to change the way it handles the nerve that goes to that section mm -hmm. so if you just treat the painful area you're ignoring everything else that has gone on with this pain syndrome mm -hmm. um, and, and that's what um, this doctor's talking about is trying to address this at a deeper level. So let's, let's talk about how he uses that. What, sure. is, what is his proximal priority technique? Yeah. So what he does um, with this is he delivers a dose of 30 joules per centimeter squared at each point of interest, which is a fairly high dose. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, using a class three laser, he's doing about 10 seconds per very, very tiny point, very high intensity, mm -hmm. about 3000 milliwatts per centimeter squared. Um, which which is a fairly high intensity. Do you realize this is a very low power laser though? It's only mm -hmm. 60 milliwatts. Um, so you, you still don't really get uh, uh, any, any warming effects. It's just a tiny spot. But overall, a lot of energy goes into each spot that he does. And to start with these different individual spots, he says, 
Treatment is always started bilaterally on the sides of the neck, about two centimeters below the ears, mm -hmm. targeting the blood supply to the brain to increase cerebral blood supply and hence oxygenation. The spinal aspect at the base of the skull is next targeted at the atlas axis junction, C1, C2 junction. He says, for this reason, I call this part of the proximal priority technique the C1, C2 zone. The patient is asked to extend the dorsal aspect of the neck by lowering the head anteriorly. Mm -hmm. Now, why would we want to do that? Open up that area. Absolutely. I mean, How did you have that answer so fast, Christy? How well, did you? It's the technique we use. It is. <laughs> and I have it, for a long time. You know, we ask the patient to tuck their chin so that we can access that area more fully. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... Those points are irradiated in what he calls dorsal root therapy as well, which is out working on the where the nerves actually kind of come out of the spine, the dorsal root ganglion. He says, and then subsequent points, uh, approximately one centimeter apart, are irradiated, working anteriorly to the final point just by the stylomastoid foramen behind the ear, right in here. Mm -hmm. Now realize, he's talking about using a tiny, tiny laser spot size so he's doing these individual spots and he's holding and then, it he's and he's not holding sweeping. it for 10 seconds yeah. exactly he's holding mm -hmm. it in place but he's covering really all of this section here that is suboccipital upper cervical area mm -hmm. right he's using a laser that is fairly high intensity in its very tiny spot size mm -hmm. he's doing 30 joules per centimeter squared and he's doing a quite a bit of area for this for for it being such a low power laser so it does take quite a bit of time I was just gonna say that would take quite a bit of time mm -hmm. with such a small spot size right and so and so since 2005 we've had much more powerful lasers mm -hmm. come in that now you could do a treatment like this where you cover all of this zone in about 15 20 30 seconds if you want right to, you know and then you're right. not worried about where you're moving per point you just cover you all just of it cover all of that right so it's more efficient it's very efficient, you know. um, and it's less technical. Mm -hmm. um, if you've got a laser tech performing this, you mm -hmm. basically just train them on how to treat that suboccipital area, make sure the patient's got their head tucked, right, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. and getting into all these spots, you know, below the ear. This is very very simple, and then you're stimulating all these targets that he that he goes on to talk about, like the, the dorsal root ganglion, mm -hmm. um, the brainstem itself, and, and that's really the point here is to stimulate these structures before you then get distal. He says, no matter what I am treating or wherever the area of interest is, I always start with the bilateral neck and C1, C2 zone treatments. Always, no matter what he's treating. See, and that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Just what we've talked about um, up to this point, but how would you explain to the patient, you know, wait a minute, again, why are you treating my neck when, exactly. you know, I need my foot? Exactly. Or my ankle or, you know, even my low back. Mm-hmm. You know, why are you on my neck? Right. No, that's a great question. Now, if you're a chiropractor, you've probably already had to explain this before when the patient goes, True. well, it only hurts in this one spot. Why are you adjusting next to it too? Well, because we know we have referred pain syndromes and spinal dysfunction that can affect multiple areas. And so this is the same idea. You're, you're working on these core structures, these central nervous system mm -hmm. structures that actually play a role in the entire body. Mm -hmm. And if you if you ignore the central and you only work on the peripheral, 
you're gonna miss out on some of the benefit you could provide. Now, he says he does this with every single patient. I've found over the years that when you're using class four lasers at least, you don't always have to do this to get good results. And, you know, I can understand that just from my history mm -hmm. and my, um, we've always, not always, we've targeted a full systemic, or we've done a full systemic treatment and then also the targeted area. Right. And, or, you know, let's just do the systemic and not mm -hmm. the targeted area. Right. Because sometimes you just need the body to balance itself. That's exactly right. Is that kind of where he's, he's there here? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, setting up a, a thing like always do this is, is going to have limitations. There's mm -hmm. always going to be some patients that should not have that. Mm -hmm. um, but generally, I think it's important to come away with the impression that it's a good idea to try to stimulate the central nervous system with most disorders. Right. And that's the great thing with lasers. You can safely stimulate nerve centers in the brain, uh, vasculature, uh, without any risks or without any mm -hmm. side effects, anything like that. So this is certainly something to pay attention to. So he's done the neck. He's done the C1, C2 area. He's worked kind of really this whole section here. The first couple inches really mm -hmm. of the upper neck now it's bilateral it's not just one exactly side. yeah okay. and he likes to do bilateral mm -hmm. he says i generally then use a dermatomal based approach first applying laser to the intervertebral points on the side the same side as the region of interest so if we have say an elbow problem on this right side he's treating the that whole bilateral upper neck but then he's also going to whatever dermatome would be sourced from that, that particular dorsal root ganglion, right? So it's that nerve root. He treats the nerve root before going down to the area that is involved with it. Hmm. Finally, I treat the region of interest itself. So he does all this stuff, works over multiple nerve roots, and then gets down and does multiple, multiple points with the small laser uh, hmm. on the actual painful area. Okay. He says, in the case of chronic pain, the patient is advised strongly that pain will probably increase in that region of interest as it comes out of its chronic phase back into an acute phase and from there to alleviation. This is called retracing mm -hmm. because you don't start with chronic pain, right? Right. It starts right. with an injury or something mm -hmm. happens in an acute phase. Then the repair processes fail for whatever reason. The inflammatory condition carries on instead of resolving. And now you're left with chronic pain. Mm -hmm. um, or the nerves are so traumatized that they just continue to carry the signals even when there's nothing else. Mm -hmm. There's no real cause for them to do right. that. We expect that to feel different. And in some cases, worse initially before it gets better. Mm -hmm. And so this is a very good point mm -hmm. for anybody doing any kind of work with chronic pain. You should be aware that in a lot of cases, the pain will get different and sometimes worse before it really starts to alleviate. And that, that's not a bad thing. No. So no. just be aware of that. It's nice to see it pointed out mm -hmm. um, by an expert like this. It really is. Right. Um, so that's that's the, the proximal priority technique. There's a lot more information about kind of the rationale behind it here. Uh, that I won't go into. You should definitely, if you're interested, uh, pick this up and read it. It's, it's five pages. It won't, won't take you very, very long. He's a great writer. Um, but the idea 
ultimately behind this is yes, we want to stimulate more blood flow to the brain and mm -hmm. the spine. And we want to stimulate the nerves before they ever even get close to this injured area. So there's a lot of nerve-related disorders in particular that I have seen this play out and be very true. Mm -hmm. So carpal tunnel syndrome. Right. I hate to admit it, but I failed horribly at the first few carpal tunnel syndromes that we tried to treat with laser, myself and another doctor. They just, none of it worked. It started working amazingly well once I developed some techniques mm -hmm. to follow the nerve from where it starts in the neck down to that carpal tunnel. It doesn't take long, but it is an essential part of getting that carpal tunnel syndrome to reverse. Because you're probably just treating the area that hurt. Oh, well, yeah. You think you about know, This is where it hurts. Yeah, it hurts let's, in my wrist. It hurts treat, in my fingers. Treat this. treat this. But then, like you said, we have found, you have found some technique that follows that nerve mm -hmm. to help it and it just makes sense it does it just makes sense yeah it does and, and there's other other uh disorders of course like peripheral neuropathy mm -hmm. you're you're gonna really miss out if you don't treat those nerve roots mm -hmm. from where they start if you don't follow the nerve in some cases if you don't treat the the the, the symptomatic area sometimes you know i mean mm -hmm. so there there's certainly um even even chronic pain disorders stuff that's been around for a long time it involves the nervous system. So you have to treat the nervous system as a part of resolving that chronic pain issue. It doesn't mean you don't treat the scar tissue, the, um, you know, the, the, the inflamed area, if there is one. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you ignore it. Right. But you need to get the nervous system on board mm -hmm. if you want to see that resolve and actually improve and last. So the... At this point, you know, looking at what he's talking about here, there's, you know, this is a time-consuming process. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of advantages now that class four lasers are are available and are at very very um, uh, useful mm -hmm. place in their development here. Number one, this, this process is quite fast. If you want to replicate uh, this process, it's it really doesn't take very long at all. And secondly you can account for some of the inaccuracies or anatomic variants that go on by not being so worried about a tiny, tiny laser right. applicator. With right. a class four laser, you can cover a very large area. And so, uh, you know, I think about this because I see this with ultrasound frequently. Mm -hmm. You'll have anatomy that's supposed to be somewhere that is a little bit different than it is for the average person. Going back to carpal tunnel syndrome, you can have the median nerve travel in a slightly different area or have some entrapment or actually have mm -hmm. a bifid median nerve that splits its way through that. And if, if you're using a very tiny class 3 laser applicator, you don't have to be off much and you're going to completely miss that nerve. Right. right. Class 4 laser has a huge, mm -hmm. huge output piece in most cases, which means it's a lot harder to miss those anatomic variants that you might not know are there. Right. Well, and if people want to know more about spot size and, you know, that sort of thing, we can tell them about other podcasts that have been oh, delivered. Yes. And, you know, there's a plethora of information out there. There, there so. is. There is a ton of information on just our podcast alone mm -hmm. as far as spot size, wavelength, uh, mm -hmm. power density, uh, mm -hmm. power in general. Uh, and, and I think it's worth saying that, you know, if we know that these kind of techniques work with the small class 3 lasers, class mm -hmm. 4 lasers on operating on the same principle... Just should deliver good results a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. Right. And a little bit simpler. A little simpler, yeah. faster. And you can you don't have to 
like you're saying, be laser on. Right. You know, I, yeah. Laser focused in that area. You can just because it covers the whole. Covers a huge area all at once. You know. So if you do have an anatomic variant, or if you as the doctor or the tech is just a little bit off from where mm-hmm. you should be, you're still covering enough area that you're not missing anything. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, and the blood flow and the right. circulation is going to help just that whole area. Anyway, Absolutely. So. Absolutely. There's a couple of interesting uh, uh, photographs, actually, that were captured for this study that talk about penetration because this doc does talk about, you know, actually using mm-hmm. 830 nanometer light to get through the tissues. And you can see in this picture how much light is coming through the wrist there. This is an infrared camera capture. How much light comes through the wrist at 100 milliwatts compared to 40 milliwatts. Um, and obviously there's a significant difference in terms of how much light comes through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, even low power lasers can certainly get light through the tissues when mm-hmm. it's the right wavelength. You know, 800 uh, to about 1100 seems to be really pretty good. And clearly, in this case, it's pretty obvious to see the higher you go in power, the mm-hmm. more light you're gonna transmit through those tissues as well. Mm-hmm. But not just soft tissues, but also bone. So this is another infrared capture of putting laser on bone and watching it transmit, or he says transilluminate these bone specimens. So you've got iliac crest there, you've got the vertebral body itself, and you can see how much of that bony tissue is actually lighted up by these very low power lasers. So, you know, getting light through the skin mm-hmm. and to the bone, you can actually have that travel. And especially flat bones here, the iliac crest, you mm-hmm. can see it carries tons of light. But also the skull is another type of flat mm-hmm. bone. So carrying mm-hmm. light through the skull itself can be quite powerful, which is why we know that some of the, the transcranial laser therapy uh, can work just incredibly well mm-hmm. because light does travel through tissues. Light does travel mm-hmm. through and along bone. Mm-hmm. It's pretty obvious when you can see it on right. the camera. That's pretty incredible. It's just amazing. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and thinking, boy, I, I really could use some help on uh, you know, how to use my laser in this manner, pick up this paper, take a look at mm-hmm. it, read it, and see what mm-hmm. you can pull from it. Again, it's it's almost 20 years old, but it still really presents a lot of great ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if you know interpreting this paper is something that you're just not confident in, Get a hold of us because we have trained hundreds of practitioners on how to use class four lasers in this manner, mm-hmm. in a way that works well with settings that work well mm-hmm. uh, and that get patients great relief, great results. And we typically see higher success rates than the average is said here. We typically see you know, about a 90% relief in more than 90% of patients, usually closer to 95% of patients. Um, there's a whole method to that to make sure you get that kind of result, those kinds of results. It does involve a good bit of learning, but we put it all together for you in easy to access online format right? Uh, in a way that right. makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then we support you along the way. So if you want to learn more about using your laser this way, you need to get a hold of us, lasertherapyinstitute.org, or you can email us directly, info at lasertherapyinstitute.org. Yes. Fascinating study. It's cool stuff. There's yeah. so there's so, so many much. papers out there too that are just really mm-hmm. interesting, and um, we're, we're never going to get through all of them. There's several hundred published mm-hmm. every year, but uh, we try and bring some really exciting ones in, and uh, in a in a manner that hopefully you can benefit from uh, hearing about them. So yeah. thanks for joining us. Thanks.
Subscribe now to keep learning about the growing field of laser therapy. Check out our patient-focused podcast, Healing at the Speed of Light, a great resource for your patients. For massive practice growth and improved patient outcomes, become a certified Laser Therapy Institute clinic. Learn how at lasertherapyinstitute.org.